Welcome, welcome everybody. This is episode 6 of T's F1 Podcast. Uh, This is your humble and gracious host, Trey. How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? As I said, this is episode 6. This is going to be the Hungarian GP review. Alright, so let's get right into it. Let's go. Well, this Hungarian GP, just for you guys who are curious, um, this has been an event that has been organized for a while. This track is 2.7 miles or 4.3 kilometers, depending on what part of the globe you're listening from. Um, This is a track, coincidentally, that Lewis Hamilton has had a lot of success on. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, um, out of any active Formula One drivers, actually has eight wins. Yes, count them. That is eight. Eight wins at this track. So this has been a very successful track for him. It's going to be really interesting to see how Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton go. Of course, we know that this season... There's always been an eminent threat from Max Verstappen and Red Bull. And um, it is also a track that Max Verstappen does like. Now, you know, he's never had the car he's had this year. But it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. But Lewis Hamilton has been king around this track. So it's going to be an interesting, um, interesting weekend coming up. Uh, Before I actually get into the meat of the GP, the Hungarian GP review, uh, I do want to go over some some news from this week, some important news from this week. So news broke, um, I want to say possibly on Monday or Tuesday um, that is related to this lingering um, collusion that Max Verstappen, not collusion, but the, the, the accident that Max Verstappen had at the Silverstone racetrack where he hit Lewis Hamilton's wheel and he went off track. Uh, we, we have, you know, I've covered extensively in detail all the details around it and the reactions from the Red Bull camp, the reactions from the Mercedes AMG camp. Well, when I say lingering, now what we have going on is uh, Red Bull, the team of Red Bull, have launched a petition uh, to the FIA. Basically, the details of this petition are um, what they want to do is it's a petition for a right to review um, the penalty given to Hamilton at the British GP. Uh, The penalty that he received was a 10 second, uh, 10 second time penalty. Now, Red Bull are wanting for the FIA to review that penalty, saying that it was not enough and they want this to be looked at. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get into what my personal feelings are uh, about the fact that Red Bull are doing this. But just for those that are listening, so just so that you know, now, there are certain parameters that have to be satisfied for the FIA to actually accept this petition, meaning for them to go ahead and uh, go ahead and review the penalty. This is not an automatic. This is actually a move that, you know, kind of smells of real desperation by Red Bull. But there are technical things that have to be satisfied for the FIA to say, yes, we will go back and review a decision and a penalty that's already made that's already been served um, we'll go back again it, it, this is not the first time this has happened but 
it's also very, very few times in the history of F1 that a team goes to this length to have uh, a penalty reviewed and looked at. So for this petition to actually be permitted by the FIA, it requires a significant and relevant new element which was unavailable to the parties seeking the review at the time of the decision. All right. So this is the actual technical FIA um, requirement for this, you know, petition in order for it to be reviewed. And I'll repeat that for you guys again, because the lingo is a little bit complicated, but I'll break it down. So for the petition to be permitted by the FIA, it actually requires a significant and relevant new element, which was unavailable to the party seeking the review at the time of the decision. All right. So in layman's terms, basically what that means is, you know, when the penalty, the original penalty of Silverstone racetrack, when that 10 second penalty was received by Hamilton, there are a number of steps that the stewards take before they arrive at the decision. You know, this is not just uh, looking at the TV screens when the collision happened and one steward, you know, after two or three minutes presses a button goes, yep, I think that deserves a 10 second penalty. No, this is a process um, that has different steps to it. So before the stewards go ahead and assess the penalty, they are looking at different elements. And I, I believe I touched on this on episode five, the Silverstone GP review. As I mentioned, they look at all types of elements. That includes telemetry, meaning information from the car, from both Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. That information includes everything from braking, speed, you know, what was the throttle, uh, position like what was is was their DRS activated was their braking at the entry corner when they were going in there's a multitude of different factors from telemetry that the stewards and uh, look at the second thing is of course most importantly are the angles so as I mentioned on the last podcast different elements whether it's overhead whether it's the side whether it's the cockpit camera view Uh, They reviewed all those different information aspects and they arrived at their decision, which was the 10 second penalty. So how that relates to this uh, lodging of petition that Red Bull have done is by the letter of their law from the FIA, when you're asking for them to go ahead and review this penalty, you have to, when I say you, Red Bull has to present brand new information. It has to be significant and it has to be relevant, which means even if it's significant, if it's not really directly relating to this penalty, you know, it won't be accepted if you if you go ahead and uh, submit that. So it has to be significant. It has to be big in nature. It has to be relevant. And it has to be a new element that, you know, the stores who poured over all that information I just mentioned, it has to be something they haven't seen. Okay, so that is the criteria. Now, Red Bull and their camp are claiming that they do have new information that has not been seen uh, by the stores. 
none of us of course know whether that's true or not that is only going to be revealed to the stewards and the fia and they're going to make the determination so that's where we stand with that that's one of the biggest news items that hit this week now personally um i did mention earlier i, I was going to give you my personal take on this um to me the fact that even two weeks after the event you as red bull are still clawing um and 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 trying in desperation to find things as far as saying that this was not a penalty that was enough this should have been more i it just like i said earlier smells of desperation to me it really seems like the red bull team is very distracted um public opinion in the f1 world and i'm talking about from drivers i'm talking about from journalists pundits you know different different areas of f1 have for the most part been very critical of red bull and the rhetoric that has come out from that camp how uh christian horner and helmut uh which is you know the head of red bull motorsport how they've personalized um their attacks on mercedes amg and lewis hamilton it, you know this is a racing incident it, sh- it should never turn into personal attacks but they've gone down that route and they've weaponized that and to go further now and not leave that in the past and to petition to review this penalty it's just tacky in my opinion i personally don't think this is going to work but then again you know this is f1 I'll never say never to anything. Um, I just personally think this is a very classless move on their part. But like I said, there's no way to know until this thing plays out how the FI are going to rule. We just have to wait and see. So, um, you know, that's that. It seems like Red Bull are not going to let this situation go. Um, I think personally, this is a very distracting element for their team. But... We're just going to have to see how it plays out. So let's jump into the Hungarian GP review. Okay. I did mention uh, the length of the track. Um, What's going to be really interesting this upcoming weekend is we saw, of course, as I mentioned in episode five, the previous review, Red Bull have been hit hard in the constructors points, in the driver's point, uh, the driver's point differential between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. They lost a lot two weeks ago. So what's interesting is to see how Red Bull is going to bounce back this weekend. Now, Mercedes have momentum on their side. They have, you know, quite a stride with how they close the gap. Now, you know, Mercedes have issued a statement this week saying that, listen, you know, we we had a great weekend last week, but it is going to be naive to think that we're going to carry the same speed we had at Silverstone here in the Hungarian GP. You got to remember, you know, the Silverstone GP is a track that's very well suited for the Mercedes chassis. Of course, you guys will also remember that uh, Mercedes brought a sizable update to the Silverstone racetrack. So, you know, the, the Red Bull car we have seen throughout the races we've had, you know, so far on the calendar, that car is pretty adept in all kinds of tracks. So I expect it to go fast this weekend. The, the thing we have to watch out for is 
how is the momentum going to carry for Lewis Hamilton and, and Mercedes AMG? How is that momentum going to carry on this track, you know, which has its own characteristics? It, it, it does have some fast flowing areas. Uh, it does, like I said, really suit the driving style of Lewis Hamilton specifically with the eight wins that he's had in the past. Um, but, you know, this is also a track, like I mentioned, Max Verstappen also likes. So we have to see as a team how those guys are going to bounce back and how each team is going to attack this weekend. OK, um, other notable things is, of course, the heated up race between McLaren and Red Bull, uh, excuse me, between McLaren and Ferrari. This is going to be a very interesting battle to watch. And I think it's actually going to continue all year. We saw that Ferrari had great momentum with Leclerc finishing uh, second in the Silverstone race. You know, it, it seems like their race has the race pace and how they use the tires. That is Ferrari has really improved. Now we have to see if they're able to carry that improvement in pace over to the Hungarian track. You know, there have been past tracks where McLaren and Lando Norris have been successful, but you know, we just have to see if the the improvement that Ferrari showed is that going to carry on this weekend? Have they really have they really solved the tire issue where their car was really hard on their tires, you know, at the French GP? They had quite a bit of success in the last Silverstone race. Is that going to carry over to the Hungarian GP? That's going to be very interesting to watch. So that battle in the constructors between um, Red, uh, between um, McLaren, excuse me, and Ferrari, that's going to keep brewing. And like I said, I think that's going to continue throughout the year. The other interesting thing to watch in this Hungarian GP review is we have to see if Ricardo, you know, Ricardo has been a big disappointment this year for McLaren. His pace has not been good. Um, he has been really, really far away as far as qualifying pace and race pace from Lando Norris, who's who's just having a fantastic season so far. He's been very consistent. He's been scoring points. Um, it seemed like Ricardo... Um, really had a change of pace in Silverstone. You know, he's had quite a few really, really disappointing weekends, but he had good pace over the weekend in Silverstone uh, two weeks ago. So does this, is this the beginning of us seeing Ricardo have a turnaround in fortune? You know, is this going to be the first time in the calendar where he's going to string two races together um, where he has, you know, consistent performance. That's going to be something uh, to watch because if this dif disappointing pace of Ricardo continues, what's happening is Ferrari have two drivers in Sainz and Leclerc uh, that are consistently scoring points. But McLaren only have, at least up to this point in the season, they only have one man, that's Lando Norris. Um, so Sainz didn't have the best of weekends in Silverstone, but his race pace actually made up for it. But, you know, in other races, he's been very consistent. He has really, really gotten on top of that Ferrari. He's gelled with the team very well. And, you know, my opinion on that is, and a lot of people are not talking about it, but 
we seem to forget in the off season, you know, the off season, meaning the break they had before the 2021 season started. You know, if you look at the different drivers that went into new teams, uh, if you take signs, if you take Ricardo, you know, the person that did the most work that went to the factory that, you know, really spent their personal time trying to get on top of the car was signs. You know, he was at uh, the Ferrari factory. He managed to test drive an older model uh, Ferrari racing car. Of course, you know, there's very strict regulations. You can't test the newer vehicles. But, you know, he really spent and invested time during the off season in order to get, you know, uh, to acclimatize himself to Ferrari. And, you know, he's bearing the fruit of that now. Now, if you, by comparison, if you looked at Ricardo's offseason, he didn't necessarily do as much. Um, you know, there were reports that he was vacationing in different places. Now, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, he didn't go to the factory or anything like that. That is by no means what I'm saying. But what I do know from reports that we've read is Ricardo did not spend nearly enough time in the off season that other people like signs personally made it their mission to go ahead and gel with the team spend a lot of time at the factory and you know the results of that are look how he's doing this season look how he's gelled with the team and ricardo didn't put that kind of effort in and we have seen him really really struggle with this car today so I just say that to say sometimes, you know, it's, you know, this equates to athletes as well. This is not just F1. You know, the best athletes, uh, if you take any sport, I'm going to take football or basketball as an example. Let's go with basketball. You know, you have the season that you play in and then, you know, the guys have a break. The guys have vacation, whether it's summer, whatever it is. You know, the top athletes, you know what they do? Even in their off season, there's no vacation. They train. They keep their body in shape. So what happens when the season begins, whether it's basketball or football, you have spent and invested time in your off season so you can be ready when the season starts. And I believe that's what science has done. So let's see how that plays out between the two drivers. I do hope the good form that Ricardo had last time is going to carry over. We're just going to have to see how that plays out. The third and final thing um, that I do want to comment on on this Hungarian GP review is look at the situation with Bottas. Okay, Valtteri Bottas, the second driver of Mercedes, who's been in the news a long long time now. You know, there's very heavy speculation on who's going to be in the second seat in that Mercedes. Okay, now uh, the leadership of Mercedes have said, you know, we have the summer break coming up, uh, coming up after the Hungarian GP. A decision is going to be made on who's going to be in that seat. Most likely Russell, uh, Russell from Williams um, possibly is going to be slated for that seat. So I say that to say. You know, it's important for Valtteri Bottas to really have a really good seat, um, a really good race. You know, from this point on, even if it's announced that you're not in the Mercedes seat, which my personal suspicion and hunch is that I think George Russell from Williams is going to be getting the seat uh, for this for the second Mercedes seat, which I think is going to really make 
I think the Mercedes team um, is going to have the strongest driver pairing out of any of the teams. So I believe that's going to happen. And they're going to find a seat for Valtteri Bottas and another team. Um, I think there's some rumors that it might be uh, Alfa Romeo. I think... I believe in maybe Williams, but again, none of us know. This is pure speculation at this point. But the main thing is, no matter whether he's staying in Mercedes or leaving, I think it's very consistent for him to show people in F1 that, hey, you know, I can consistently bring in the points. I can consistently perform. Um, You know, I think it's very important to do that. And I think he had good momentum in Silverstone, finishing third. Um, and I'm hoping he can continue that form um, in this upcoming race at the Hungarian GP. All right. Well, everybody, I thank you again from uh, any part of the globe for tuning in to T's Formula One podcast. I would love for you guys to subscribe, comment and support. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode where I'm going to do a Hungarian GP review. Take care of yourself and have a great week.